shark, swallow you whole. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. Find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. You yell shark, we've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Mr. Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the rectal of the boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great white. A what? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. Now, I'm not saying that this is not the shark. It probably is, Martin. It probably is. It's a man-eater. It's extremely rare for these waters. But the fact is that the bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. the orca what exactly happened mechanically to cause the engine of the orca to explode like that who broke the orca and that's what we're going to be tackling tonight in this episode episode 10 of the jaws obsession welcome back and this is one for the ages if you are a jaws fan a muscle car fan fan of engines or uh boating this episode is for you that's right welcome back this week thank you for tuning back into episode 10 of the Jaws Obsession, where we are here to share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. You see, other movies have established worlds and characters. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Batman, Star Trek, uh, we could keep going on, but uh, in these different movies, and they have established universes where the characters are living, breathing characters in their own world. Jaws and Jaws fans have been denied this for almost half a century. And the Jaws obsession is here to turn the tide and to begin to look at this movie as its own world. We're not your typical Jaws fan broadcast. What we're trying to do is we are taking certain topics and we are actually dissecting them and diving into them in order to establish a universe, a, a Jaws universe, because this is going to be playing very, very big role in episode 20 and beyond. But right now we've reached halfway to episode 20. So episode 10 is going to be very special in that we are now 
actually making a full leap into a JAWS universe where we're going to define boundaries and parameters, and we're going to look at exactly what happened on the Orca, how did it explode, and who was responsible for it. This has never been done before, so this is, let's just say this is brand new. This has never been done before, and I think as JAWS fans... And there's crossover fans. Let's just welcome all the other fans of, you can be a fan of Star Wars, which which I am. You can be a fan of uh, all other movies, Godfather, which I am. And you can still like like Jaws and be a Jaws fan. But the reason why those other, those other series and those other movies have such dedicated fans and um, how should I say this? Why those the studios take care of those fans by giving them more material, more movies, why is that and Jaws gets stepped on and overlooked is because we have denied ourselves the chance to establish a Jaws universe and stuff that's going, there There are more stories to be told. When people watch Star Wars, they see Luke on Tatooine. They don't see Mark Hamill standing in the desert of Tunisia. They don't see the redwoods of Northern California. What they see is the forest moon of Endor. Yet when we watch Jaws, we see Martha's Vineyard. We see Roy Scheider walking down Edgartown, Massachusetts. We really don't see Amity because basic parameters were never set. We're so in, we are so enamored with the lore of the making of Jaws that we have overlooked many themes, many moments, and geniuses in the performances that take on a whole new meaning. If we, as Jaws fans, allow ourselves to start defining and establishing a Jaws universe, the movie becomes far more enjoyable. There are so many things going on in the background. There are so many relationships that were established before we actually see Chrissy get eaten by the shark. So there are things that are going on that we have yet to even touch on. And then when you know about these stories and these things, Jaws becomes far more enjoyable. At this point in time, in the year 2022, it's about time that we actually start establishing parameters and we pass this movie on to the next generation, just like Star Wars is being passed on or Star Trek and all these other good movies, Lord of the Rings, passed on to the next generation because there's an established universe and we are not going to let Jaws be forgotten because there's so much more to be story to be told here pretty much why the Jaws obsession was started. But episode 20 is where we are really going to step in. We are going to blow this wide open. And so we're halfway there. And that's why we're here at episode 10. We, this is going to be a big episode in that we are going to talk about something that's never been discussed before. After you hear this episode, even if you're the most advanced Jaws fan, you are going to watch Jaws in a whole new light. You are going to see something that you've never seen before, and you're going to make an, you're going to have an understanding, a better understanding into the performances that are happening. And this is just a taste. This episode 10 is just a taste of what we have, what we have in store for you. Uh, this is, we really do have something special here, uh, and episode 20 is going to be uh, a game changer. But right now with episode 10, we are going to actually start to invest ourselves into the movie and establish the parameters. So we're going to start with the orca. What exactly is in the orca and what actually happened that paralyzed the orca on that fateful day in 1974 while battling the giant shark off of Amity Island. In order to do this, we're going to need to present facts. We're going to need to present evidence 
And we're going to do this in a, uh, let's just say in a, a Perry Mason or Columbo, Columbo, like more uh, Columbo's investigation. So a Perry Mason trial type show. What we are going to do is we are going to present facts and they are irrefutable. And we are going to draw a conclusion and we're going to kind of change the way you look at just one scene in the movie. And we can do this in many different scenes, but this is just, this is how important it is. So just, just so you know that that's, that's why this episode 10, uh, I wanted to do something because we're halfway there. We're halfway to episode 20. And this is how we actually can do, we can do great things if we come together as Jaws fans and we actually establish parameters and we establish a Jaws universe. And that's what we are going to be doing here at the Jaws Obsession. So let this episode 10. So in order to do this, I'm going to need to bring on one of our experts. We met him in uh, episode two, John Tedder. We're going to bring him in here and we're going to get right down to it. This is not going to be a short episode. This is going to be a very involved. So everybody pay attention and keep up. We're going to talk about a lot of mechanical, technical details, but I'm telling you right now, we are going to get to a groundbreaking revelation that we've never heard before. And with that, here we are with John Tedder from Quince Shark and Shack over at Etsy.com. He's our resident orca specialist, and he's going to be the professional witness in getting to the bottom of this mystery of who breaks the orca in Jaws. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. And uh, this is exciting, exciting episode, and we're going to tackle this mystery in a very analytical way. And we're going to hopefully bring some evidence to light that can actually draw a conclusion to what we have going on here. In order to get to this mystery of who breaks the orca, we're going to have to get into what is actually the propulsion system of the orca. What actually is the engine it's running and what what is going on when the scene happens. And we've already described the scene. So what is going on when the orca starts to break down. This will help us better to understand the intricacies of the events in the movie. So I believe that Quint had the orca tuned up like a muscle car for the water, powerful engine capable of keeping up with fast fish when tracking barrels. With you being the expert in this field, let's get this out of the way. What was the, what was the orca running for an engine during the making of Jaws in real life? Well, according to the man that owned the orca after filming before he sold her back to universal put on the backlot tour according to him the orca had a four-cylinder ford gas engine a lot of people assume it's a diesel because of the way that it sounds but according to him it wasn't it was a four-cylinder gas engine it was a ford specifically and the only four-cylinder ford made at the time would have been a kent engine and they made various different ones for Kent, different grades and mm-hmm. over the years, but it would have been a four so it would have been a four straight Kent is, is what it would have been. I sent you some pictures of those uh, of the hatch open. You can clearly see the top of that and I sent you a picture of the Kent. Yeah, so we're gonna make those pictures available in our show notes over at our Telegram channel and our Discord servers. Uh, so everybody <laughs> can see what we're talking about here that uh, what John has done is he has established uh, using photographic proof that the Orca was in the making of Jaws, it was a running a gasoline engine. But within the movie, the movie is different now. Now we now what we're going to do is we're going to step into the Jaws universe, and that's what we're going to be doing here in the Jaws obsession going forward. Is we're going to be defining limits and uh, what was going on in the Jaws universe. So how can we prove using images, dialogue, and sound effects from the movie 
that the Orca was running um, a Ford Lehman engine, diesel engine? Well, the first thing you got to start with is when, before they, they leave the dock, and, you know, Quint's giving his whole thing about, you know, hurry up, chief, daylight's wasting, and he cranks it, he starts the Orca. Doesn't sound like a gas engine. It doesn't. Right. It sounds like a diesel. You can't really narrow down what in, you know, the Jaws universe exactly what kind of engine Quint would have because it's never specifically stated. Except in the script, it is said that it was diesel. So going by that and the way it sounds, they intentionally made it sound like a diesel engine. Most likely, the reason it probably would have been a Lehman is because the Orca was an older boat. Right. And it would have been built late 40s, early 50s, probably had an engine swap at some time. But in 65, that's when Lehman started taking four diesels and started marinizing them. And they did a four-cylinder and a six-cylinder. Right. Most likely had a six in Jaws, in Jaws Cannon, Jaws University. Probably had a, it was probably a six Lehman. Okay. So you all throughout there, you have all different model numbers of what it could have been between, you know, 65 and 74 in the film. Because that, that's a, almost 10 years. So so there we have it. We've established through sound effects that it's, it's definitely a sound of a diesel engine. And then we have historical accuracy that Ford was making a diesel engine that was used in the same type of boat that was the Orca. Right. And like I say that it was in Jaws Universe, it was probably a Lehman because at the time the Ford Lehman was the most popular engine at the time. Okay, before we before we move on, let's uh, let's explain to the audience the difference between a diesel and a gasoline engine, and the advantages of a diesel that would have in a marine application in uh, in the Orca. My understanding is the a diesel engine apparently can handle abuse better, and Quentin would have known this uh, for the scene that we're going to be talking about. What are your What are your thoughts on this with a diesel engine? Is a diesel engine tougher than a gasoline? Yeah, it is. They they go for longer periods of time. They last longer. Uh, there, there's a, a bunch of different myths and things that have been mixed in with diesel versus gas over time and there there's always been a big debate about which is better diesel or gas um the the most common myth is is diesel safer than gas and diesel is absolutely safer than gas Mm -hmm. it that whole thing comes from a big fear of enclosed spaces with boats in general uh if Back when you had gas engines, one of the big things was if you didn't air out the bilge in the compartment, wherever it was at, if it if it was not exposed to the outside elements, if there was a hatch over it and you didn't vent out with the bilge with the with the bilge fans, if you didn't vent out mm-hmm. any of the fumes from the gas engines, it would build up, and there was always the risk of one little spark did say exposed wiring or something like that mm-hmm. it, you, you'd go up in flames uh you and i had talked about it before my grandfather worked in the mobile shipyards back when it was back in full swing making battleships and everything else cruisers and made stuff for the coast guard and uh, one of the stories he told me was that there was a guy going along out through there they saw him going out through there one day and he had a spark evidently in his boat and it was a it was a tug a little small tug and nobody ever really knew exactly what happened but he was real bad about not venting out the mm-hmm. bilge like he was always bad about that he wouldn't let it air out and everybody really thought that the reason that he went up that day is because there was a spark down there in the engine room 
diesels are safer from the standpoint that explosions as uh, diesel vapors are not explosive. Prior to the invention of water-cooled turbochargers, if you look throughout history, fires caused by diesel engines, they weren't as much as what gas engines were. Right. But even that little part's debated. Some people say it's five times less. Some people say it's five times more because that was before the advent of water-cooled turbochargers and everything. And and right. that and that's why so that's more resilient if you had a diesel engine uh, uh, with a, with like my experience working with diesel engines in the Coast Guard um, that you could have a diesel uh, it, it, you could have a diesel fuel fuel leak and it's not as volatile as having a gasoline fuel leak. So right and what a lot of people either don't know or they forget it's not the gas that catches on fire, it's the fumes. That's why they tell you not yeah. to smoke it. A gas station. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's the fumes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if anybody ever plans on doing any kind of overnight anchoring with a diesel generator running, well, just any kind of generator in general, mm-hmm. diesel's the way to go because it doesn't have the same ignition uh, spark that it would take as what a gas would. Right. And so that this yeah. is this is what's so fascinating. So Quint would have used it, would have had the, it set up with a diesel engine. Obviously, it is set up with a diesel engine because we've already proved that through the sound um, uh, that's used in the movie. So he would have been out there by himself many nights hunting uh, sharks, watching for barrels. And uh, therefore, he doesn't have to worry about the vent- the ventilation process or any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, igniting problems that might happen that he, now that he has a diesel engine instead of a gasoline engine. And I think... That's kind of what we're leading up to here is that Quint knew that the Orca could take abuse because of this diesel engine. Right. That's kind of the point that I wanted to drive home at this point is that because there was this abuse, what we're, what we're looking at here is many people think that Quint runs the Orca and Quint is purposely breaks the Orca. But what we're going to prove is that, no, this is uh, something else completely different happens. And we think, and what we're trying to establish here is that Quint had control of the situation because he knew the limits of a diesel engine inside the Orca. Do you agree with that? I do, completely. What I would like to establish is that that John and I, I, I have a little bit of background with some uh, marine diesel engines from the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, John also has a little bit of background in ships and diesel engines as well, John. What some of the experiences have you had? Just in general, number one, with boats in general, that would be all due to my grandfather. You know, he worked in the Mobile Shipyard, like I said, when it was in full swing, building battleships, cruisers for the Coast Guard. Uh, there were a lot of Coast Guard cutters and stuff that were used up until early to mid-2000s that they had built that were refurbished over time my boating experience when it comes to building and knowing the operation behind them, that's all my grandfather because I learned from him. And I've always had a fascination of boats ever since I was young, and that all has to do with him. So there's generational knowledge that is passed on to you, and that's what we're doing here is we're not just two guys thinking about, we're actually putting our knowledge together and we're forming a conclusion of this because this is a very important topic for us. And I'm glad we can establish this because what we're going to go into here is who broke the orca. And as the scene, everybody knows it's at, it's towards the end of the movie. What exactly, John, what exactly was the damage that the orca took 
after the Indianapolis speech in the movie Jaws, uh, when the shark attacks the hull and the shaft, and how would that have affected its performance the following day? Well, after the Indianapolis speech, you hear the shark attacking, and you hear it bumping, and you see that there's water coming in, so the, the shark's attacking. And it would obviously be attacking from below, so it would be hitting either right there at the keel mm-hmm. or between the keel or right up there at the bottom of the hole. Now, most likely it was there right at the keel or right between where the keel and the bottom of the hole curves and it makes that crease. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because when Quentin Hooper are down below and Quentin tells him, he says, you know, chief more left rudder, pull your left hand down. And Brody says, I can, it will only go about three inches. Mm -hmm. And Quentin says, yeah, the housing's bent. You can hear it. Right, and so, that's, and that's what you're describing is when they're working on the on the boat the next day. They're in the belly. Uh, Quint's down inside the orca, and so is Hooper. Chief's up on the flying bridge. They're, they're they've established through dialogue that the orca's housing is bent on the for the shaft, right? Correct. So when he's talking about housing, he's talking about for the shaft. One thing that when you're looking at a boat's propulsion system, yep, the orca was single screw. She wasn't twin. She was single. So when you're looking at that, you have the propeller at the end. You have the shaft that runs through the keel, and that is a hole that is bored out. And then you have the gearbox that is attached to the shaft, mm-hmm. and then the gearbox is then attached to, or in other words, transmission, mm-hmm. like a transmission, and it's attached to the engine. Right. Okay. So if you bend, let alone bend, loosen, or do any of that, it's going to cause the shaft. The propellers don't create vibration that's different. It will affect how the overall scheme of how the engine works. Because if the vibration that's not supposed to be there is there, it's going to cause problems. Maybe not immediately, but it will long term. Now, if a housing's bent and it's putting pressure against something, what's going to happen is if it's a housing, meaning something's inside of it. Mm-hmm. So if something's bent, it's putting pressure on some point. Now, exactly what part of the housing where it was at on there we don't know we just know the housing's bent so right. obviously something's rubbing rubbing up against something and then hooper says yeah all of the fuel injectors got scored by the salt water and the fuel well what scoring is is where you have dirty fuel injectors right and with dirty fuel injectors it can cause uh, strange fuel spray patterns and what that will cause it'll cause rich fuel a rich fuel mix, mixture and then a raw fuel it creates a raw fuel mix and it can wash the oil off your cylinder walls which in turn can cause lack of cylinder and piston lubrication and then it's just metal on metal grinding and it will cause scoring yeah it'll cause grinding and yep. anytime something grinds it can create a spark okay and diesels anytime there's a spark any kind it's flammable gas no matter what it just diesel fuel it's it doesn't ignite like gas does right there there's no spark plugs in diesel engine it's it, it, right. it's glow it's plugs heat of compre- heat of compression is what creates the ignition or the 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 combustion and there's no spark plugs so uh, the so the thing is is that even if there was a fuel leak of some sort, it's not that the engine is going to explode. Right. And the thing is, anytime you have flammable gases yeah, with diesel, you can have a gas leak and it'll be somewhat fine. 
but that flammable fuel gas and keep in mind we're not talking about gas as in the sense of you put gas in a car we're talking about the actual vapor that comes off of it gas okay we're not talking about the fuel yep uh the flammable gas and it mixes with air yeah and the diesel fuel so it mixes with both so it's a it's a concoction of the three Mm -hmm. and it's consumed in the engine by the engine Hmm. and what happens is it causes the engine to overspeed the overspeed a lot of people know it in the diesel world as a runaway diesel because it just it spins and spins and spins and it gets so fast that it it literally explodes that's what happened i mean you you see that in the movie you see it explode okay so we're let's get to let's get to one of the we're going to play one of the clips here we got both clips uh, pulled up so now this is this all brings us up to quince trying to draw the shark in the shallow water we've already established why he's trying to run in episode three called shallow water and everyone can go back and listen to that we won't get into that now but what we have here now is he's got it on full throttle and the engine starts to uh smoke so we see black smoke start coming out is that exhaust smoke that's coming out? Well, typically, if you look at any kind of truck, even diesel cars, uh, SUVs, uh, boats, right? Uh, when you fire them up, they do have black smoke, and then you don't see it after that, really. Yeah. I really think that it didn't have an exhaust issue at that point because they had just got, in order for you to know that the, injectors were scored you, you have to start filling with the engine you have to take it apart right and in order to do that you like i said you have to take the engine apart so they had to put it back together so at the point when the barrel pops up behind the orc at that point they were already starting to or had already put the engine back together okay because quint probably would have i would have i don't know anybody that really wouldn't have when the shark is attacking mm-hmm you know, you can hear Hooper say he's busting the shaft because mm-hmm. he's trying to turn the engine over and yeah. it won't turn. So obviously they went down there, they started looking into everything and Quint would have made the executive decision, okay, let's take this apart, see exactly what's wrong. By them two being down there and Brody up on the bridge, he can watch for them. Mm-hmm. He can watch for the shark, he can watch for the barrel to pop up. And obviously they've been down there a while because the barrel's not popped back up until it does behind the orca. It's evident from... The time they went, got out on deck, and sat up at night to the time we see the next morning, Mm -hmm. that is, we don't know what time Clint gave the Indianapolis speech, but we do know it was a long enough passage of time to where they waited until somewhat daylight. Clint probably did have a flashlight. Right. But at some point, waited for better light in order to see it start working. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think it was. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it was a, an exhaust problem. Uh, although on the muffler, you do see where there is uh, exhaust fumes coming out of uh, where the welds would have been for the top and the bottom, where the actual muffler piece would have been, not the stack, but the actual right. muffler piece. Well, that that's what I, I think, think it, is that's what I think is really great is that yeah that you sent a video of what we're gonna we're gonna have a link to that video in our show notes of of an actual real uh, diesel engine exploding during a uh, test on a, a dyno test. And yeah. the, the sounds that come out of it, as well as the, um, the exhaust, the, the, the black smoke and all that, it's very similar to what happens in the Orca. So what, what, what I'd like to get into here is we're going to play one clip and I want to talk over that because 
what we've stumbled upon here is we believe <laughs> we believe that Chief Brody broke the orca. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess tenfold had out for this one. <laughs> we believe that there was something else that happened using the sound effects in the movie and the images that we see in the movie. We believe that Quint did not break the orca, that Chief Brody panicked. And that is what happened. And we're going to go step by step, really. We're, we're going to go step by step here. We're going to take our time because this is a, a monumental moment in Jaws history. Chief Brody broke the orca. Now, how are we going to get to that conclusion? Let's start with listening to the original audio of the sequence. Here we go. Okay, so we hear, obviously, Quint is singing, and he's <laughs> steering the boat, and all of a sudden, we hear Hooper say, we've burned out the bearings, and that is when all the black smoke starts going, uh, starts flooding the, the whole, uh, the cabin, coming out, and it consumes the flying bridge, and if you, uh, Hooper is the first to jump down, so he actually goes down the ladder first. If you look closely enough, you can see Quint leave the controls through the black smoke. You can see Quint leave the controls of the Orca, and Chief is up on the flying bridge. So Quint is moving to the ladder to go down below as well. And then we cut to inside the Orca. We see Hooper run into the black smoke. And we start hearing sounds. We start hearing a guttural groaning sound of the orca. In the next clip that we're going to play, we're going to hear an enhanced, the enhanced sound from the 7.1 surround sound where they've added in extra sounds. What they're doing is they're also enhancing the sounds from the old audio track to give you a better sense of what's happening. So I'm going to go into that right now. We're going to play the enhanced audio of the blow-up of the orca, but everybody listened to, right before the explosion, the grinding sounds. Right, right there. Those grinding sounds. Okay, so we've established there is some sort of mechanical grinding sound going on there. Mr. John Tedder, Chief Brody yes, is sir. up on the flying bridge. <laughs> we've established by visuals that Quint leaves the controls. So he's on the ladder by the time we hear those grinding sounds. Hooper is now down into the cabin of the Orca. Quint is making his way down so he'd be on the ladder somewhere between the flying bridge and where Hooper is. Chief Brody is up there. We hear the grinding sounds. What would those grinding sounds have been? Well, it's important to, to note that when he says stop the boat, stop it, he he goes there between 
the helm where Quint would have been and where the throttle controls would have been. And Chief Brody. And of course, right, yep. the chief. Yep. And first, first glance, you don't see Quint move through the smoke. You don't. But if you go frame by frame like we've done, you can see Quint start to move, and he starts to go down the ladder. So what that would have been, we in the movie it's already established that Brody doesn't know anything about boats because Quint tells him, he says, Chief, I just want you to get up on the bridge and take her forward steady. And he said, I've never steered a boat in my life. And Quint says, just just watch my hand. Yep. And so it's already established that Brody don't know anything about boats. I mean, that's kind of evident when him and Hooper go out that night after dissecting the tiger shark. Right. Because he's asking about what all this stuff is. Yeah, complete amateur. Right. Yeah. And the orca had up on the bridge two 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 levers two throttles and they're run in series well not series but parallel excuse me with the controls down in the wheelhouse so when one moves say on the fly bridge the other one moves in the wheelhouse it's just in parallel like that Mm -hmm. and there's two and a lot of people think the orca was twin screw because of that because commonly now a lot of twin screw boats do have two mm-hmm. but the thing about that is on a single screw boat one is for what gear you're in you have forward neutral and reverse okay the other one is a throttle for exactly just how fast you want to go like, like on a tractor like an older like on an older tractor you know sure sure so for somebody that didn't know what they're doing one's red one's black you know and the chief is com- completely the, the stigma of being ignorant is, is very bad, but the <laughs> definition of ignorant is right. not knowing. Stupidity is knowing it, but doing it anyways. So with the chief being, you know, yeah, as bad he, as the stigma is, ignorant, you know, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. And the grinding sound, like you and I talked about, the, the grinding sound sounds like sound, sounds like when you're trying to teach your kid how to drive a stick shift. And yes. you know, they, they, they grind the gears and they, they it's not clicking with them. Hey, I got to press this clutch in right you know it sounds like that's what it sounds like so it he it because you know it, it makes that sound and it's like that grinding sound and it's also it sounds like something's trying to move back and forth against something else during the grinding so right that sounds like the gearbox so that would that that leads to the conclusion that that's the throttle control is what that is that that's the gear control that that's what you, the forward neutral reverse and the throttle that leads to what that is. So in my mind, and like we talked about, when Quint leaves the bridge, there there is no key on the bridge. There, there is no start key. Right. There's not a start key. There's a button that you would press, but there's no key. And for a runaway engine, like we were talking about, a runaway diesel, when the bearings went out, Quint would have would have heard it obviously everybody did the only way to stop that is to stop the engine and the only way you're going to do that you can't just it's not going to stop fast enough by throwing it in neutral it's just not it will just sit there and spin the only way to really stop it would it's not really advised doing this but to go and cut the key and of course i mean it'll, it'll still keep going for you know yeah moments but you know if you just pop it in neutral, the engine is just going to sit there and run. That's not going to help remedy the situation. The engine's still running. 
Right. You know, a, a, an engine in neutral doesn't just sit there and not move. The, the cylinders are still moving. Right. You know, so the only way to stop that is to stop it completely cold. So ultimately, by pulling back on both handles, you're actually trying to grind that. The left side was the transmission. It wasn't throttle. Right. It was a single shaft. It's a single propeller boat. So the right mm-hmm. is your throttle. If you go and you're an amateur and you pull back on both of those, you're grinding the transmission, possibly trying to throw it into reverse while it's still coupled in and not, you know what I mean? Like he's probably, that yeah. was the grinding. And what you're doing is you're shocking the engine and then causing the catastrophic failure. Right. And it's already, you've already burned out the bearings at that point. And, you know, you, you hear everything going on with it. And, you know, like in that video that, you know, I sent you of the actual runaway diesel in that truck yep. uh, on the dyno, you hear the exact same thing. Like you hear the engine and you, right before it goes, mm-hmm. you hear that grinding. You right. hear it. But it's not, you hear the gearbox, the engine itself groaning is what you hear. Yeah. You don't hear what you hear in the movie like the, like the gearbox. It's being moved back and forth. Yep. And you know like Quint would have gave Brody enough of uh, a crash course about this is left, this is right, don't touch this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, you know, Brody not having any experience in boats whatsoever uh like we talked about, he starts pulling back on things and unfortunately when you're more or less like a monkey just pulling back on something mm-hmm. and you keep screwing with it. You don't break it. So and that's unintentionally, just... it, it happened. Yeah. So unintentionally, Brody, in my opinion, based on what's in the film and what you see and what you hear. In your expert it, opinion. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess that's what it's all about. Like, it's a, it, in your expert opinion that catastrophic failure possibly could have been avoided had Brody just not touched anything. Right, because, I mean, it's, it's like I was telling you, if you just, if it would have been left in neutral, it's the engine's still going to run. Right. But the only way to stop it is to completely stop the engine, and the only way to do that is to is to kill it, to, to kill the engine, cut the key off, and the only place there was a key was down in the wheelhouse. Where Quint was and, headed. Exactly. So the, there was no way to stop it from the bridge. There was just no way. And when he gets down there, there's no way. There's a, it, It's impossible that Quint was grinding gears when you see him go towards the ladder. He is not the controls, and the chief is still there. Yep. And in the confusion of all the black smoking, you already can't see good. Yep. But obviously, you can figure out your left from your right. And, you know, he, but he doesn't know which one does what. And, you know, he starts messing with the controls and you hear the grinding and then boom, and then Quint's already down there. Quint probably would have threw it in the neutral because, I mean, you just don't want right. to stop any kind of engine while it's in gear. You don't want to do that. Yep. Uh, so he probably would have thrown it, threw it in neutral. But the thing about it is the chief wouldn't have seen that because, of, number one, all of the confusion going on in the bridge, yes. but also because of all the smoke. It would have been hard to see. Right. So when Quint did that and he goes down the ladder, Brody might not have realized that. And of course, him, you know, being amateurish, you yep. know, being ignorant to the situation, to what was exactly goes into boat handling, and he just starts 
pulling levers, you know, and like pulling them back and forth, not knowing what he was doing, you know, trying to get yes. it to stop because in his mind, the boat's still moving. It's right. not like a car, you know, when the car stops, it stops. Yes. And his, but, yeah, he's panicking, right? He's, he's absolutely right, and, panicking. And the boat's still moving. And so he's pulling and, the levers. We hear the grinding sound and the engine blows. And that's the, but that, Quint is immediately there though. Yes. Quint is immediately there grabbing the fire extinguisher off the bulkhead. So he's already, he's off the bridge. And when the explosion happens, we have a shot of Chief Brody's reaction standing up at the controls. Like, what was that sound? Like, like he, right. pull, like he pulls his hands off the controls. He's going, what did I just do? Right. Cause he's still left up there. Yes. Quint's not on the bridge <laughs> at all. You can see him leave. So we've established just now that Chief Brody did have his hand on the controls and he is doing something. He's pulling levers every which way but loose, trying to stop the boat, doing more damage. If he never touched anything, in your opinion, would that have engine would that engine have exploded? Probably not. I don't I don't I don't see it exploding because I mean Quint would have he would have already been there. He would he would have cut it off. And you know, without interference, the engine would have just still sat there and ran. I mean, Brody Brody could have been Right. We don't know because we don't see it. He could have been moving the, the actual gear went forward and reversed backwards and forwards, you know, trying to get it to do something. That could be what the exact grinding sound is, it going in and out of gear like that, trying to get it to stop. Right. And and what so, we're that's that's huge. This is this I don't this is monumental. This is this is something that's never been contemplated before because the way the movie is cut, because of course they had limited camera takes and the way the movie is edited together, uh, some people might just think Quint lo- loses his mind and just throttles down and drives the orca until it blows up. And I don't believe it. No, not at all. We see both Hooper and Chief start to panic like when the shark first starts to attack the night before, and Quint remains calm and steady, and he says, start the engine. And then they both like a, a Hooper jumps over the table, you know, they go into panic, but Quint as always calm and steady. And, um, our, our conclusion here is not to impugn the chief as we've already said, because he's just an amateur. He doesn't really know, but we're, but it's to show that his inexperience in dealing with the orca led to the disaster at sea. And Quint kind of knew the abilities of this diesel engine and wasn't about to blow it up. And to Quint's credit, uh, we already tackled as to why he was laying on the throttle back in episode three for the shallow water. But we see aftermath after the explosion. He doesn't blame Chief or Hooper for what happens. In fact, he accepts what happens as a sign that this is his fate. Maybe it's his fate to be lost at sea, come full circle from the 29 years prior uh, when he lost many of his shipmates to the sharks and the sinking of the USS Indianapolis. But do you think this newfound proof that we're establishing right here of Quint's innocence in breaking the Orca exonerates him in a way as a captain, and he shows that he's more determined and steady than many of us might have thought? Actually, he had there was more going on with drawing the shark into the shallows and with how he handles. Sure, he didn't want to see the Orca start blowing black smoke. But he handles himself as a captain when you look at it from a technical and a mechanical standpoint like we just did. And this is an epic find. Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. I think we've proved this. I think going forward, establishing facts about the Jaws universe is going to help us understand 
how these events and how these characters play against each other and play out. So I just want to thank you very much, and please let the audience know where they can find you, uh, John Tedder. Um, you are uh, Etsy.com. Quince Shark and Shack is your Etsy shop. Uh, but do you have uh, other social media and ways of uh, the audience to follow you? Uh, yeah, I do. I have, uh, you can go on Facebook or Instagram. I spoke the same thing. You can go on there and type in Orca Rebuild. It'll pop right up. My other social media, and that that's not for Etsy specifically, but that is for my own project. Uh, there's a people listening to this may already know who I am. Some mm-hmm. may not, but if you don't, my, my name is Jonathan Tedder, and I am rebuilding the Orca one-to-one scale. And it's an amazing project. I urge everybody to go over there and watch the videos. So, John, thank you so much for coming on board the Jaws Obsession and actually proving Quint's innocence. This is groundbreaking. This is monumental. Chief Brody was the culprit. And we have, we have, we're going to establish that. You can actually watch the clips. You can see still frames over at our uh, Telegram channel, our Discord servers. Everybody go over there and, and play the interview back if you need any more details. But thank you very much, John, for coming on board the Jaws Obsession, helping us out with this. Oh, you're welcome anytime, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Show me the way to go I'm tired, I want to go to bed It's a special episode Special episode on this one Who broke the orca? Episode 10 Halfway there to episode 20 Thank you for hanging in there With us at this uh, long Super long episode of Jaws Obsession. Normally we um, we don't want to waste your time, so hopefully we uh, everyone learns something, and uh, you can now go back and watch that scene or watch Jaws, and you with a whole new light, whole new understanding of what is actually going on. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in this episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the fair use guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. So please remember, whatever platform you're listening to the show on, give it a good rating. Let, let us know what you think. Subscribe to it. Share it with your friends, family. And let, let them know that you're hearing new great things on the Jaws Frontier at the Jaws Obsession. Remember to go to JawsOB.com. Go to our Telegram channel, Discord server, and you can find all the links and videos to what we talked about here today. Go watch that extra special, um, watch the diesel engine actually blow up and you actually can see what happens in real life. But you can actually see what we were talking about with the Orca. So until next time, thanks for listening. Farewell and adieu, and show me the way to go home. <laughs>